Welcome on back to the History Addict Podcast. You are listening to episode two of our second season. This season, if you are not already aware, is covering spying and intelligence operations during the Revolutionary War. So it's going to be a fun ride. Last week, we talked about the Culbering, um, which I believe started in 1778, if my, if my memory serves me right. And it was one of the first organized spy ranks, spying groups, spying collectives um, of, of this nation, of the United States. My demographics from Spotify say that 100% of my listeners are from the U.S. So, if that's wrong, DM me on the Instagram page. That's a great segue into our Instagram page. Go check out the History Added podcast on Instagram. It's kind of fun there. Every other Tuesday, we got some Tuesday trivia going on. Trivia Tuesday, whatever you want to call it, whatever floats your boat. And don't forget to go check out our website. It's linked in the Instagram page. Um, But if you can't figure out Instagram, totally okay. The URL is History Addict Podcast dot dot com slash t h a p once again you can go find that in our instagram bio link in the description if you get what i mean um i'm also trying to get the spot of the, oh, yeah i'm also trying to get this podcast on apple music i'm gonna look into that a lot more this these this the this month um so far we're on spotify and anchor so, if you're listening from whatever you're listening from, I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a returning listener, thank you for coming on back. But, um, I'm definitely going to look into adding this to Apple Music. And if you guys have any other suggestions of where I should put it, let me know. I'd love to know what you guys like, what is your preferred platform. I know not everybody is Spotify like me. I'm a Spotify person, but... You know, I like ads because I I don't like paying for things. Yeah. Not the best way to live your life. But um, this episode is about Nathan Hale. If you are not already aware, I announced that, I believe, on Thursday on the Instagram page. I feel like one of the major incons- inconsistencies I have is announcing it like two days prior. I feel like I should announce it at least two weeks prior, but that's probably going to be a no. Um, Nathan Hale... If you didn't catch up with us last week, there was a blog post on the website about Abraham Woodhull, one of the members of the Culper Ring. This come this Wednesday. What would that be? Let me see. What would that Wednesday be? Wednesday the 17th. Yes, of course. Wednesday the 17th. There's going to be another blog post as part of our Wednesday read series. Um, and it's going to be on Caleb Brewster, another one of the Culpa Ring members. So I remember every other Wednesday, we have blog posts going up. Um, and I hope to add some more like bonus facts posts and more other Hearst-related things um, throughout this summer as I get build this a little bit more. And every other Tuesday, we got some trivia going on. If you missed last week's trivia, it's saved in the highlights on our Instagram page. I save everything. I think 99% of the stories I post, they're saved. You can go check them out whenever you want. 
So don't feel like you missed out there. But if you're returning, once again, thank you. If this is your first episode, welcome on in. Welcome to the History Attic Podcast. I'm glad you're here. If you haven't already listened to the first episode of the second second season, the Culpering episode, I would encourage you to watch that. And um, it gives you a little bit more background to, um, of course, the Revolutionary War, what was going on in the colonies at that point, if you're not that familiar with it, as well as um, George Washington's intent for spying and why he put so much emphasis on it. But this episode, it's going to be on Nathan Hale. I keep on wanting to say Nathaniel Hale. That's not his name, though. It is just Nathan. Um, I feel like that's the Mandela effect. I swear his name is Nathaniel Hale. And now everybody's like, no, it's Nathan. I'm like, okay. We just gonna, like, we just gonna pretend like it wasn't Nathaniel. You know what? I'll give it to them. Whatever they choose, we're just gonna go along with it. But Nathan Hale, he was a spy. This is episode two of season two. And welcome aboard. Okay, Nathan Hale. What I was up what I was disheartened to hear is that there's very little information on him. Basically what I'm gonna tell you in this podcast is as much information as there is available. Um, basically. Like in other episodes, I will um What's a good example? The Mary Leader episode, the third episode of um of the first season. I feel like there's a lot of there's a little bit of information that I left out there. I feel like that episode was about 55 minutes. Um and there is definitely information that you could have gone and Google her and found more stuff on her by yourself. Um that's that's true for for a few episodes of this of this um podcast. But Nathan Hale this episode, this is this is going to be a pretty good, like, overview of everything. This is not, not even an overview. This is, this is the facts. This is basically all that, um, the internet will provide you with. Um, with that being said, I don't know where I was going to go with that, but Nathan Hale, this is his story. Um, there's no portraits of him available. It's just statues. There's a stamp. I believe it was created in the 18... It was either... I don't want to say like I know. I read it. I think it was the 1800s, 1820s. I'm not exactly sure. There's a stamp with his likeness and a couple statues across the country of him. But there's no known portraits of him because he was so young. But he was born on June 6th, 1755 in Coventry, Connecticut... He just had his birthday. Happy birthday, Nathan. Um, the, the French and Indian War had just erupted in the colonies the year prior, 1754. If you remember that from our first episode of the season. His parents are Richard Hale and Elizabeth Strong. One could argue, were they married? Were they unwed? That's a scandal. Isn't that a scandal for the colonies? Um, and he grew up in Connecticut... He was born and raised in Connecticut. Um, Keeping in line with what we discussed last episode, these two, Connecticut, Long Island, and New York City, were major focus points for spying. George Washington really, um, he really wanted to capture New York City. He believed a lot at the early stages of the war that if he didn't have New York City, um, he would lose. Of course, the British held New York City for most of the war, the Americans 
ultimately had the war victory. They won the war. Um, but he, George Washington focused a lot of his early spying efforts on New York City. Um, the Culper Ring was stationed in Long Island. And, of course, Nathan Hale, he's from Connecticut, which is just around the corner from New York City. But his brother and him, Enoch, that's a biblical name, um, in, 16, in 1769, when Nathan was 14, his brother and him, Enoch, um, his brother Enoch was 16, he was 14, Enoch was 16, they were sent off to study at Yale, Yale College, as it was then referred to, it is now called Yale University. Yale, if you do not know, is an Ivy League. Prior to the war, there was nine colleges in um, the colonies that were chartered. So what chartered meant was that they had the ability to give you a degree. Or in other words, they were accredited. There was other institutions. However, like you would just go there for four years and just be like, oh yeah, I studied. But the college had no um, rights or no... No, yeah, no right to give you a degree. So the nine colonial colleges at this time were all of the Ivy League with the exception of Cornell. I believe Cornell um, was founded in eight, the 1840s. It was founded in the 1800s. Cornell is mostly an agricultural, is, has a big focus on agriculture, um, which is a little bit different from the other Ivy Leagues. But, you know, Brown, Dartmouth, Harvard, Princeton, Columbia, they were all founded. They had different names at this point, though. Columbia was known as King's College. I believe University of Pennsylvania was, like, University of Philadelphia or something. Princeton, I want to say it was King's. That might have run Rutgers, though. Rutgers is um, the largest public university in New Jersey today, and it was one of the nine colonial colleges. With the addition of William and Mary down in Virginia... Um, Thomas Jefferson went there, if you don't know, our third president. But Nathan went to Yale. He went to the little Ivy League. While at Yale, he was actually classmates with fellow future spy, Benjamin Talmadge. Isn't that crazy, Benjamin? We recognize Benjamin from last episode, if you haven't already listened. But, um, Benjamin's going to come up later in the story. He's an important part. Nathan and Enoch were members of the Lenonian Society. The Lenonian Society was effectively a debate club. They would talk about, you know, slavery, astronomy. It's a very odd mix of slavery and astronomy. However, that's what was discussed in Lenonian Club back in the day. It's still an active society today. So if you go to Yale, go check it out. I'm sure it's fun. I don't know. I don't go to Yale. But um, he graduated with first-class honors in 1773 at the age of 18 and subsequently became a teacher, a schoolmaster. So back in the day, women were not really teachers. If they did teach, they would usually do a nursery school within their house and they'd be like, hey kids, we're going to teach you the ABCs. And then from there... Um, boys, only boys, would go off to a schoolhouse where they would be educated in the likes of history, arithmetic, Latin, you know, all that good colonial learning. Um, and men, they, men were the, um, they were the schoolmasters. They were the one who were teaching in the schoolhouses, which is in stark contrast to today's, 
today to today's modern American society where women predominantly make up the um, elementary teachers, middle school teachers, um, high school teachers here in America. A little bit fun little thing for you right there. So he first taught in East Haddam, Connecticut before like before relocating to New London, Connecticut. So he stayed home. He stayed back in the state. Yale is in um, New Haven, Connecticut, who we're not aware. He's a, he's a Connecticut boy, born and raised. He, I found, it says that he received a master's from Yale in 1776. I couldn't find out whether he went back to school or it was just um, like an honorary thing. I know that over um, in Oxford and Cambridge um, in England, what they'll do is they'll give you like an honorary master's. I believe six or seven years after you can, after you start your bachelor's degree there, um, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't actually like mean anything if you're like searching for a job. You don't say I have a master's in English. You're like I. You basically just say I went to Cambridge. Um, I guess that gets you far, but. I can't decide, I couldn't find whether he actually studied for it and got it, or they just did what Oxford and Cambridge did over in England, they adopted it here back in the early days of the college, and they just gave it to him, but either way, he had a master's from Yale in 1776. He taught in Connecticut Connecticut schools until 1775, so I just, the years are very muddled here. But that just goes along to the fact that Nathan Hale, his story's kind of not, um, there's not a lot of information of information about his story. So he taught in the schools until 70, 1775, and some say that he was fired when he urged his fellow New London residents to support the Patriot cause during a town meeting after hearing of Lexington and Concord, which was... Um, if you don't, if you weren't aware, the Battle of Lexington and Concord happened during the Siege of Boston. And there was this big shootout at Old North Bridge in Concord, as well as on the Lexington Green. Men died on both sides. It's considered the start of the Revolutionary War. The shot heard around the world. That's from the battle, right there. But the Revolution involvement. What was his role in the American Revolution? I'm going to tell you. With the war beginning in 1775, Hale joined the Connecticut Militia Unit in July, officially. His militia participated in the Siege of Boston. There is conflicting evidence to why he did not participate, however. So they went to Boston. He stayed home in Connecticut. Some say his teaching contract limited him. I am familiar with some teaching contracts of that time that permitted you, prohibited you, rather, um from going like a certain distance from from your school or something they they were very very um strict with their schoolmasters at that time um what was i gonna say some say his teaching contract like i mentioned or some say he didn't want to go which also doesn't make sense but either way he did not participate in the siege of boston despite um being a member of the militia at that point so on, De- on July 4th, 1775, snap, July 4th, he received a letter from his former classmate, Benjamin Talmadge. <gasps> He's back. Talmadge had gone to Boston 
to see the siege himself. And he was like, you know what? I think I should go check it out. I might want to join this whole patriot effort thing. I might want to be a free man too from the, from the crown. And then he was like, whoa, I need to tell Hale. So he wrote to Hale and he goes, this is a quote. And I quote, was I in your condition? I think the most extensive service would be my choice. Our holy religion, the honor of our God, a glorious country and a happy constitution is what we have to defend. In my, in my perfect world, they would all have British accents. So that is why that was rubber the British accent or, um, the best I could do. I'm sorry if you can like hear like people driving by right now. This is, there's a, there's a lot of like people going by my house right now and I'm not okay with it. But, um, you know, we're just gonna, we're just gonna focus on like Nathan. So he read the hail. <laughs> Hale read the letter rather. And, um, he was, he was so inspired by Benjamin's words of, you know, joining the service and honoring God and country. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to commit to the 7th Connecticut Regiment. That was his, like, official... He was, like, committed then. So, I guess he wasn't committed prior to, like, the Siege of Boston. And after, with, like, the letter, he was like, no, I'm fully committed. Once again, it was a muddled mess. There wasn't a lot of, like, strict... A lot of contrasting evidence. I'm trying to give you the best overview here. He was promoted to captain in January of 1776. That was quick. Um, in early May of 1776, he led a raid on a British supply ship. The ship was captured by patriots, and American commanders took notice of the young captain's work. They were like, snap, this Nathan Hale? Mm, we should give an eye on him. Hale was a member of the Nelson Rangers, which were the first organized intelligence effort of the United States. Led by Lieutenant Colonel Thomas Nelson, the group was active from only August to November of 1776. So, I'm just going to say they failed, but low-key, they were, like, they were really opening up, like, the gates for everybody else. So, like, yo, let's make this real. Fighting, they fought in the Battle of Harlem Heights and the Battle of Fort Washington. The Rangers are now known as the predecessor to special ops in the modern U.S. military, such as the Army, the, as the Army Rangers or the Delta Force. That's some real stuff right there. Okay, so next time you hear Delta Force, I want you to think Nelson Rangers. Nath- I'm trying to say Nathaniel Nathan Hale. Um, however, the Nelson Rangers were taken as POWs at the Battle of Fort Washington in November of 1776. I guess Hale was not a part of this prisoner of war group. Where was Hale? Was he even real? What, like, that's my real, that's my new question. Was he even, like, a real person? I don't know. I don't know. But, um, GW, our boy George Washington, New York City, Manhattan area was, like, his big concern in 1776. He'd be like, yo, we need, we need Manhattan. I need this. And he was looking for a spy to go behind enemy lines. And the only person who was like, yeah, dog, I'm down, was our boy, Nathan Hale. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Nathan. Okay, so 
here's the deal. Here's the mission. Hale, he was now 21 at this point. Um, I was going to make, like, a drinking joke, but then I'm like, there's probably no, like, legal drinking age at this point. I'm pretty sure they just all drink beer regardless. Hale was, um, one of the only men to step forward for the daring mission behind enemy lines. As we mentioned last episode, George Washington, he knew the importance of spying as he used to spy for the British 20 years prior, and what I believe was 1753, um, correct me if I'm wrong, he needed spies to gather intelligence as the masses of colonists relied on him to win this war. If the Americans lost this war, anybody who fought against the British would be killed. They would be dead, the Brits would kill them, they would say, you you were traitors, this was treason, you are dead to me. And that was the same thing for spying. If Hale was caught spying, the punishment was death. The pu- it was immediate punishment of death. They could stone you um, by either throwing rocks at you, or they would like put like boulders on you and like crush you to death. They would hang you. I'm sure somewhere along the way they would just cut you up with a sword. They just were ruthless. They did not care. However, Hale knew the consequences and he volunteered on September 8th, 1776 to gather the intel that GW wanted and needed. So this was Hale's master plan. Before the culpering, whoever the culpering last episode and how like, they had nicknames, you know, Samuel Samuel Culper Jr., John Bolton, Samuel Culper Sr. Um, GW had a code, like, name. Was it 7-Eleven? I think it was 7-Eleven. But, um, like, GW did not put two and two together for, for our boy Nathan. Like, he didn't really think of, like, a disguise or, like, even, like, a, um, an assumed name. He was like, you know what? Just show up, tell him that you're Nathan Hale. Like, that makes no sense to me. You're gonna send this patriot, who would be arrested and killed for treason, behind enemy lines. And be like, you know what? Don't just tell him who you are. Just tell him your real name. Like, that is so beyond stupid. And yet, that was their great idea. So, Hale had this great idea. He was just gonna dress... He was just going to dress in some plain clothes, whatever. And he pretended to be a loyalist Dutch schoolmaster. I don't know if, like, he put it together, but Hale is not exactly a Dutch last name. It is a very, very English last name. Have I been calling him Nathaniel Hale? Nathan Hale, I'm sorry, goodness. I'm telling you, somewhere along the way... I thought his name, I swear, they were calling him Nathaniel Hale, and now all of a sudden it's Nathan? Mandela effect right there. Come on. Come on. But, um, Nathan, like, Nathan Hale, it's not a Dutch last name. I don't know if, like, GW thought of that. I'm just so confused with how they thought this would work. So Hale was like, you know what? I'm going to pretend to be a loyalist Dutch schoolmaster looking for work behind enemy lines. Weird. How, like I said, he did not take a new name. He was still going under Nathan Hale, and he carried his Yale diploma on him. So, like, all they had to do was, like, send somebody up to Yale and be like, yo, is he Dutch? And they're like, no, he's from Connecticut. 
he's English, and he's a patriot. Like, it was that easy. He was giving them all these clues to the fact that he was not Dutch. He was not a loyalist. He was a known patriot. I mean, did it make, does it make sense to him? Did it make sense to GW? I'm very concerned. However, he won the war. GW won the war somehow. But, um, what, what happened? GW had his men ferry hail across the East River to Huntington, New York on the British-controlled Long Island. Back to Long Island, am I right? Remember last episode, Setauket, Long Island? I'm probably still saying that wrong. I don't care. That's the Culpern was stationed. Long Island was where GW needed, Lord of mercy, needed intel. So September 12th, about four days after he volunteered, he was ferried across. He embarked. He embarked upon a mission. So while he was undercover, there was some rumblings outside of does that make sense? No, there were some rumblings in New York City. So, New York City fell from Patriot's grasp into the hands of the British forces on September 15th, three days after his entering into um, British, British land. And now he was further separated from safety. He was even farther in to British-controlled soil. Additionally, the Great New York Fire of 1776 was set ablaze on September 21st in, lower, in the lower portion of Manhattan. It is thought to be started by Americans in an effort to keep the city from British control. However, Washington and Congress denied responsibility for starting it. They're like, no, this was not us. And they encouraged the alternative theory that was also going around the colonies at the time that British, that British, I'm going to say this wrong, British soldiers started it without act without um orders from command they acted alone so either way somebody started it and the fire destroyed anywhere from 10 to 25 percent of the city's buildings and it was not good for hail this is where hails this is where it gets bad so on the evening of september 21st after the fire, the British captured more than 200 American sympathizers and questioned them. Despite being disguised, oh my land, Hale was a member of the 200. I wanted to see this disguise. Like, how bad, how bad was it? I just want to know, like, what was going through his mind when he was like, this disguise is going to work. It's going to be lit, y'all. Like, I just want to know how bad it was. Can somebody please share that with me? I wish there was a portrait. Hmm. So, um, despite being disguised, he was a member of the 200, and on him, mistake number one, actually no, at this point, it's probably mistake number five, he had incriminating notes on him that were proof of his treason. He had, like, notes that were like, I see a boat has 400 Brits on it, like, dude, this is why you memorize our information, like, at this point, there was an invisible ink, and also invisible ink was really, really expensive. Expensive for the, um, the colonial army. They didn't have any money either. So, there was no invisible ink to write this down. GW did not think of this prior, that maybe we should be writing it in, like, a code, and nobody even thought of the whole, like, memorizing thing. So, he had all of this information on him. It was proof of treason to the crown. The Brits found it. And Hale admitted. He admitted to his spying. Major, there's, that's, that's the first theory of how he was found out. The second theory 
is that Major Robert Rogers of the Queen's Rangers, a group allegiant to the Crown, the Queen's Rangers is still active um, in Canada today. It's, it's still going strong. You can still become a Queen's Ranger. It's been around since the colony days. You can still be a Queen's Ranger. So sign on up if you want. If you want, it's like if that's your deal, go for it. But um, they were of course fighting for the British, and Major Roger, Ro- Major, Lord have mercy, Major Rogers. He recognized Hale in the tavern, despite the disguise. How bad was the disguise? Like everybody was just like, dude, we we know it's you. Stop! Stop pretending. So, Rogers tricked Hale into thinking he was a fellow patriot, and he he did that in the tavern in order to have Hale be like, yo, I'm a patriot too, I'm actually on a spying mission right now. Hale told Rogers he was also wearing his lame disguise, like, mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. I believe Rogers um, was familiar with Hale prior to this. And that's how he figured him out. If that wasn't self-explanatory. But um, Rogers and his men apprehended Hale in Queens, New York. And they brought him up to General Howe. That was the second theory. The third theory is that his cousin, Samuel Hale, his loyalist cousin, betrayed him and was like, Yo, that's my cousin! That's my cousin Nathan! Yeah, he's a patriot and he's spying right now. I just... His cousin... Was Nathan like a... Did people like him? Because obviously his cousin didn't. Obviously Samuel did not like him. I mean, I believe last episode we talked about how Abe was saved by a cousin. Abe Woodhull was saved by a cousin. This episode, Hale was betrayed by a cousin. So terrible. I mean, like this... I want to. I want to know how bad the disguise was. I want to know how nasty of a cousin this was. I want to know about the interpersonal relationship that he had with Samuel Hale prior to his mission, and why Samuel was all like, "Oh yeah, snap! We're gonna throw you under the bus. We're gonna do that to you." I just want to know like what was going through like Nathan's mind when like he put together his outfit, because obviously it wasn't it wasn't all there. If you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked about the three ways that he could have been found. Either way, they figured it out. And they were like, they told Major General Sir William Howe. Lord have mercy, it's a long name. So Howe figured this out. He got word of it and he was like, hang him. He will be hanged to die. Um, Howe's orderly book wrote on the incident saying, A spy for the enemy by his full confession, apprehended last night, was this day executed at 11 o'clock, in front of the Artillery Park. So Howe, at this point, was headquartered in the Beacom House, and then the, and the, in the then rural part of Manhattan. At this point, Manhattan was still very lush with, like, trees and bushes. Now it is a concrete jungle. Um, still a jungle, in one sense of the word, if you know what I mean. But it was a lot different than the Manhattan that we know and recognize today. And Beacom House was this, like, beautiful mansion sitting in, like, a field in Manhattan. Crazy, right? Um, the house was at, is, the house was what, the house was at what is now 50th and 51st Street between 1st and 2nd Avenue. 
So, I mean, by all means, if you live in Manhattan or the New York City, like, go check it out. Go check out Beacom House, or at least, I don't think it's still around. Go check out um, where it was at and be like, yo, Nathan Hale could have been here. And maybe, just maybe, they have his disguise because I want to see it. I want to know what it looked like. Hal was reported to have questioned Hale, and of course, of course he found the physical evidence, the notes, or at least his men presented them to him, like, just, I just, oh, the story is so, like, wild. How did Hale not put together that his disguise was bad, they were gonna find the notes, and that he had no, like, backstory to why he was there besides, I'm a school teacher, like, come on, dude. So the night before his hanging, Hale spent the night in the greenhouse at Beacom House at the mansion, and he requested a Bible, his request was denied, and he requested a clergyman. Once again, request a clergyman, a clergy, do you say a clergy? A clergy, he requested a clergy, they were, they were both denied. Um, Hale's regiment only lists his death as September 22nd, their casual their casualty report, of course, I feel like how really cared that much more to, like, put, like, the whole, like, sentence in. Obviously, his Connecticut regiment did not care, which leads me to believe that people did not like Nathan. Maybe that's why he was doing this mission. Because nobody was talking about him. Like, nobody cared. Until after. Mm-hmm. So, on the morning of September 22nd, 1776, Hale was marched down to the Park of, of Artillery artillery park which is adjacent to the dove tavern which is now modern day 66th street and third avenue three other sites in manhattan claim to have been the site of the hanging that's actually two um some some website was trying to convince me that grand central terminal was like where he was killed i'm like bro no they did not have trains at this point they did not have trains at this point in the colonies like you think Grand Central Terminal was not built until, I, I believe, the 1900s, the ones that exist today. I believe the 1900s, like, just, do people, like, not, did you, did you get your mind straight? So there was two other sites besides Artillery Park where they think he could have been hung. It was City Hall Park, which now houses a statue of Hale, or the Yale Club at 44th Street and Vanderbilt Ave. The Yale Club, um, it's been there for years, been there since colonial days, of course. Basically, if you go to if you go to an Ivy League, they will have clubs for you. I know Harvard does it, the Harvard Club. There's one in Boston. Um, so like if you go to Columbia, you can go to the Columbia Club. And that is strictly for Columbia graduates, Yale Club for Yale graduates. It's basically a perk if you go to an Ivy League. Good for you. So, it could have been the Yale Club, 44th Street, and Vanderbilt Ave, which is where the daughters of the American Revolution hung a plaque that states the events of the hanging occurred near the site, near. So, I mean, it's debated. It was probably at Artillery Park. However, I mean, can you really trust how? No, because he's British. British officer Frederick McKenzie very Scottish last name there, wrote in his journal about Hale's death, which he stood witness to. He wrote the following of Hale. He goes, he behaved with great composure and resolution, saying he thought it was the duty of every good officer to obey any orders given to him by his commander-in-chief. 
and desired the spectators to be at all times prepared to meet death in whatever shape it might appear. Um, if you cannot understand what I'm saying because I'm talking in a weird accent, he basically said he behaved with great composure and resolution, saying he thought it the duty of every good officer to obey any orders given to him by his commander-in-chief and desired the spectators to be at all times prepared to meet death in whatever shape it might appear. Hale was wise upon his years. Some people would be like, oh, it's because he went to Yale. I'm like, no, it's because he had no friends and nobody liked him, so he spent a lot of time sitting alone and thinking. Because that, I think that's what really happened. I think that's the real truth. Hale's last words before execution were, I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. That is the famous um, Hale quote. I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. That's sad. I mean, it's a really powerful quote, but Hale was really, really dedicated to the Patriot cause, and he made sure they knew it. The story of this final remark begins with John Montracer, who was a British officer, witnessed the hanging. Allegedly, he spoke with an American officer, William Hall. I don't really know how that like, makes sense, but he did. And after the matter about Hale's death, and Hull publicized Hale's dying words. Some historians have discredited this quote because Hull was not an eyewitness. Um, but I mean, it makes for a good story, so why not just say it's true, right? That's the sad thing. I feel like some some parts of history that we are like we're so familiar with in school, or are so like so um capitalized upon. They often just aren't, they often aren't real. Sad. Um, some say that instead, Hale was quoting the John Addison play Cato, which is popular at the time. Addison wrote, how beautiful is death when earned by virtue. Who would not be that youth? What pity is that we can die but once to serve our country. So some say that William Hall was not familiar with it. And he was actually just quoting the play Cato. It could easily be that. The unfortunate thing is Hale's body was never recovered. There's a grave for him. Of course, he's not buried there. It's more like a memorial, rather. But um, I don't know where his body is. He's decomposing in Manhattan. I bet his disguise is on him. It's rather unfortunate, though, how he died. It is. He died on September 22nd, 1776. His body was never recovered. He was hung. He just, it's, it's a terrible, it's a terrible death. However, what he did was pave the way for so many spies in this country. And even spies today. Nathan Hale was the OG American Patriot. Um, and, I mean, I don't know why we're talking about Paul Revere all the time. We should be talking more about Nathan Hale and his story. But... It's, it, it, it is a sad story. I'm making a lot of jokes right now because that's what I'm doing in my life. But um, it's, it's rather sad. His legacy lived on, though. His nephew, also named Nathan Hale, is a prosperous journalist who founded the Boston Daily Advertiser. And then, subsequently, the North American Review. He also published a map in New England in 1825 and kind of capitalized upon, like, mapping and, like, cartography. He was married to Sarah Preston Everett. She was the sister of statesman Edward Everett. If you are not familiar with Edward, he was a cool guy. Um, in my research, I figured out he did everything with his life. He was governor of Massachusetts, senator, 
and U.S. Representative from Massachusetts, as well as the Secretary of State. I believe he was the diplomat to the United Sta- to the United Kingdom, and I want to say president of Harvard. He was president of a college. I forget which one, but he did a lot. He was also the other speaker at Gettysburg. So Abraham Lincoln, he spoke last. But Edward, he gave another speech at Gettysburg. We just don't really remember that one because why would you remember him when you got Abe Lincoln up there? R.I.P. Um, yeah, Edward did a lot with his life, and that's all a Nathan Hale connection. And you know who you got a credit um, Edward's success with? Nathan Hale, because of Nathan Hale taking his last dying breath for the American cause for the United States Edward was able to do these things for the United States. He was able to say that Gettysburg Address. Nathan Hale is should be an inspiration to all of us. He was truly an American patriot. Like I said, no known portraits exist of Hale. I, I really hope that in my lifetime, they'll find one and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, we got Nathan Hale's portrait. I will update you if it happens within the next year. Um, in 1985, Nathan Hale became the Connecticut state hero. I wonder if every state has a hero. Um, DM me if you know what your state's hero is. I would like to know more about that. I'm gonna, I'll post about that on the Instagram because that's cool. But you are now at the end of the episode. We have talked about Nathan Hale. He was a true American patriot. He died for this nation. Um, I think we can all learn from Nathan that we shouldn't, we shouldn't, um, take our take our patriotic pride lightly we should really work for our nation and work for work for the causes that we believe in um you know nathan had nathan was a cool guy there's not a lot of information on him because he died so young he you know he didn't really do a lot and i mean gosh gosh he did do a lot but um compared to say the culpering there's significantly less information on him of course but Nathan Hale was he was an he was an extraordinary guy. Um I would I would still like to see the the skies and I wonder if he had friends because there's just there's a lot of mounting evidence to me that he did not have friends. I think that's what was going on there. Um that is now the end of season two, episode two of the Histriotic Podcast. Thanks for thanks for stopping by. I hope you had a great time. Um I try to make these episodes interesting. If you didn't have a good time, tune back in next week. It's going to be even better. Remember, this Wednesday, we got a new um, blog post coming out. It's going to be Kayla Brewster on the website. Super cool. Go check it out. Remember to go check out our Instagram page at the History Addict Podcast. Go check that out. Go like, follow, all that good stuff. Remember, Trivia Tuesday's coming up. Like I said, Tribute Tuesday is going to be good. You're going to like it. I'm Abigail. You're listening to the History Addict Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. (laughs) 